When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite lorecast on the Citadel. Welcome to the Mass Effect Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the vast universe of lore behind the Mass Effect games. We'll talk about all the details you may have missed, ask the hard questions, and more. Captains Shepard, welcome back to the Mass Effect Lorecast. This is your host, Tom or robots, and I am back again with the wonderful N7, the legend. What's up, Sam? How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Um, I am like, you know, for so long in this show, I've complained about computer issues, uh-huh. and I feel uh-huh. absolutely blessed right now because I don't have any. <laughs> oh, you don't have any, but I uh, just upgraded my system and um, was rushing to get it built and then uh, installed Windows 11, which is a different beast and have reinstalled all sorts of things like OBS and Zoom for the meeting and all the other things that I'm using. So I am uh, trying to get everything reset up for the episode tonight to make sure everything's working. And for the most part, it is. So things are going fairly smoothly, but it has been a a rush to get everything set up. And so it's been kind of kind of fun for me. But I'm glad everything's working for you. Everything's going right. We're, you know, all hands on deck. That's a that's a spaceship saying, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, it's a ship saying, but it works on spaceships. spaceships, too. Yeah, right. Yeah, there we go. So anyway, we're back. This is the show about everything having to do with Mass Effect and the lore behind everything on Mass in Mass Effect. And we are talking about another faction this week. Right, Sam? Who are we talking about? That's right. Yeah, we are. Uh, we've been talking about lawlessness. Right. And uh, Lucy, here Lucy lawlessness. Have... <laughs> <I'm> sorry. Lu... <laughs> We're not talking about her. <laughs> Just, how many, I wonder how many people in our audience are like, what was that reference? Um, well, they're going to Google it. Xena warrior princess, friends. <laughs> Xena warrior princess. Anyway. Um, yes. Uh, so, <laughs> I already so derailed us. Go ahead. Go we're ahead. talking about lawlessness. And, and here, this faction we're talking about now, they are the feather in the hat of the bad guy trio. They, you know, we're discussing the um, beefy, the big beefy boy and <laughs> mutating worm clan. <laughs> also known as the blood pack. So, uh, okay. I've, yeah, they're the big beefy boys, the Krogans, mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. mutating worms, the Vorcha, right? So okay. the big battle, um, battle turtle baby, big beefy battle yes. turtle baby baddies, big beefy battle turtle baby, uh, by 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 planarian worms, 
Mmm. Mmm. Bipedal? Bipedal worms. There we go. There we go. Bipedal worms. Yes. Um, But, you know, there actually isn't a lot about them that's out there. So not really sure how much of a deep dive that we can take here. Well, we'll we'll dive as deeply as we can into these big battle beefy bipedal bad boys. (laughs) They're very bad. They're very bad. Um, And in fact, you know, if Eclipse is the little brother to the Blue Suns, then the Blood Pack are the psychotic older brother who's been in and out of prison for like the better part of a decade. Oh, wait. So this is like um, this is this is like Grand Theft Auto five. And uh, who's the really crazy one? The um, you've played Grand Theft Auto. Yes, this is Trevor. This is Trevor. The Blood Pack are definitely Trevor. This is Trevor. This is clearly Trevor. Michael is Eclipse. Uh-huh. And Franklin is the Blue Suns. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yes. I think that's a good comparison. Um, so this is 100% Trevor. So the Blood Pack, like we like we just said, they are Krogan and Vorcha. Uh, that is pretty much all of them. That's that's just who encompasses this this uh, mercenary group. There are really no Turians, no humans, no uh, no no Elcor. Surprisingly, right? Uh, no Volus, nothing like that. It's just Krogan and Vorcha. Uh, so you can say they're aggressive, right? They they would want to curb stomp anyone who gets in their path without like a second thought whatsoever. I feel like there's um, just a lot of testosterone happening here. Oh, 100%. Like, I don't think that there's a single female in the entire mercenary group. No, no. This is, this is like boys club. This is the, this is the boys, this is the big beefy boys club is what this is. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, can you imagine a blood pack, uh, blood pack locker room? God. It was probably, it's probably Uh, also really stinky. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine hanging around that many Vorcha and the Krogan who are in the blood pack. And wow, yeah. I don't the, think the any Krogan, of them shower. Ever. No, I don't think that the Vorcha have ever considered bathing. No. Like, I don't, I don't no. think that's a thing. No. No, I bet the, the Vorcha, Krogan enjoy submersing themselves in water because they find it pleasant. But I don't and think they, they're fishing. Right. Like they, for presidium fish. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't think that they do it for like cleanliness reasons. No, and I'm pretty sure the Vorcha are incapable of enjoying anything. Yeah, yeah, so. right, right. In fact, if they do enjoy anything, it might be the smell of their own, like, disgustingness. Filth. Yes. Yeah, and, right. and like, the sight of blood. <laughs> right, right. Yes. That's about it. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what they enjoy. So, so bathing is not in their prerogative. Um, uh, no. But if they were to bathe, they would have to take the, the order from their Krogan officers, because all of the Krogan who are in... The blood pack are officers and all of the Vorcha are apparently expendable mm. because they just throw waves of Vorcha at people. The Krogan officers do with like little regard for their life whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they are, I think like that's, the, they're like the orcs of the universe, right? I mean, that's right. kind of what they're extremely for. resilient. They're just like a done a ton of them. They can like uh, reproduce rapidly. Right. So, yeah. It's not exactly like a, anyone in the galaxy at all considers Vorcha life to be on par with any other sentient form, even though Vorcha are sentient. <laughs> right. But yeah, they are sentient. So that's like the really messed up part. They're sentient, but no one really considers them to be deserving of it. But anyway, it's it's an interesting um, dynamic with the Vorcha being 
like the second class citizens of the blood pack because it it's it's interesting because their origins aren't like that at all and originally the krogan weren't involved whatsoever so how did they how, so, okay so how did they become the blood pact like how did that come about and um was there like competition from the other from like the blue suns the other groups like how, how did this all evolve well no you know originally it was it was just a basic uh a Vorcha gang it was just a Vorcha gang and the Terminus that was loosely organized because, as we talked about now, the Vorcha can't really organize whatsoever. Uh, the the Vorcha, like, organize into tribal societies, mm-hmm. and then that's, like, about it. Um, so there was no, like, overarching multi-planetary thing that was going on. Um, as I understand it, it was just a Vorcha gang, and then this one Krogan battlemaster comes along named Gnar Rung. And he takes charge of this group. If Gnar's wrong, then I don't want to be right. <laughs> Who knew that you were marrying Mr. Wrong, right? <laughs> His na- first name was not always. Um, but uh, yeah, he Mr. Wrong takes charge of the group, and they basically become a band of pirates at that point. So now you have one Krogan with a fuck ton of Vorcha <laughs> and they're just pirates uh-huh. Uh-huh. and it sounds like a meme uh, but it is that's how it happened that's how it started and the whole point like the whole reason why like uh, Gnar Rung like came about and like found this group of Vorcha and even decided to do anything with them whatsoever was because he got kicked out of his clan for hitting a female Krogan well that I mean that's totally wrong which he is Mr. Wrong. He's Mr. Wrong. I mean, that's that's whole. You just don't hit a female Krogan. They're very rare, and also that is not polite. No, that, you don't no, do that to a lady. Definitely not. And you know, like especially a female Krogan who apparently are few in number anyway. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so you treat them. You yeah. treat them like the precious commodities and the the special ladies that they are. Yeah. Um, so he gets exiled, and so that's the kind of person we're talking about who who quote unquote starts the blood pack which i went back and forth in my own mind about this right they become a pirate group for a while but isn't that kind of fitting for a pirate to be like a reprehensible character oh of course because of course we yes. like there's tons there's like pirates of the caribbean right and then there's other pirates things like like um uh sea of thieves you know you, you love playing that game mm-hmm. but all of these things in pop culture about pirates, most of them anyway, they we really like minimize how bad pirates are. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you if you look into the history of actual pirates, and I won't go off on the ta- this tangent too long, but there there many people were pirates for different reasons, and there were people who did who went into pirating simply because they they fell into it because of financial need. But there there was a, there was an honor among pirates for some of them. But then there were people who went into pirating because they were immoral sons of bitches. <laughs> like they were they, psychotic SOBs. Yeah. Right. They were punching women and threatening people, threatening people into, you know, inches of their lives and then also hanging and shooting and casting them overboard and, you know, like doing terrible things to innocent people because they were psychotic SOBs, you know, and so there was the whole spectrum and 
somebody like wrong here seems to fall on that side of the spectrum. So right, I, absolutely. I'm not not sure that I characterize uh, Gunnar wrong as a radical libertarian so much as I would just a, a criminal. Yeah, no, it sounds it sounds like he was somebody who just didn't fit in and then, you know, realized that, hey, he can hook up with these uh, Vorcha and they're going to listen to what he says and and he can tell them what to do. And then they start just robbing people out in the, you know, open space and make off all the goods. And hey, you know, you got a band of these Vorcha. They'll do whatever, whatever he wants them to do. And they're bloodthirsty savages from what he you know everyone thinks of them as bloodthirsty savages so why not just use them to go steal things but you know what we talked about with their planet the vorcha there's not much going on on that planet like whatsoever and the only way that the vorcha get off that planet is by like hitching rides with other people so i'm imagining this krogan battlemaster lands on a vorcha planet sees a group of Vorcha who are basically just like standing around like ah, like just doing that to each other and then he walks up and he's like hey you guys uh want to go kill some people <laughs> yeah yeah you guys look bloodthirsty you want to go rob stuff and kill people yeah all right let's do it <laughs> exactly yeah. he's like i got a ship over there uh Bring whatever, and they're like, we don't have anything. You can eat them after we're done. (laughs) Okay, let's go. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) So, didn't take a lot of convincing, I imagine. Um, And but the thing is, we don't even know like when this happened exactly. We don't know the exact time frame of when they were established. We do know that they were around at the very latest around twenty one sixty eight. Um, but the reason that we know that is because Zaid kicked the ass of a blood pack boss named Gasark, who, you know, that's definitely a Krogan name. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that means that they were at least around, for, they were around for at least a decade before then, because Rong took about 10 years to recruit people by literally beating them into submission. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that mm-hmm. was, that's how he recruited a lot of people, mm-hmm. uh, the Vorch anyway. And then hitting cargo ships uh, for a while, you know, as pirates. And then they officially incorporate the, uh, you know, group of Vorcha and some other Krogan as another quote-unquote security agency in the Skillian Verge. So this sounds pretty familiar, right? Like, here comes another security agency Mm -hmm. that was a pirate group. Right, right kind of mafia-esque again um it, it also sounds like he probably took over some of these ships realized that they were being uh managed by krogan who were ethically unstable in some ways and saw some potential in them and basically gave them the opportunity and was like listen i'm gonna take your ship i need someone to run the ship you do what i say you work for me i take a Capiche. cut Capiche? I take, I yeah. take, I take fifty percent of whatever you make. You work for me. We're good. I'll throw some Vorcha on board. For, run your ship for you. We good? And he's, and they're probably like, hey, all right. 
you know and he's like don't worry they, they literally do whatever you say they'll just make this weird sound and grunt and they'll <laughs> yeah, do it yeah yeah just <laughs> yeah just you know every so often just evacuate the smell <laughs> just so you'll yeah. be all right <laughs> and the, the other krogan's like well are you sure i don't even know where i'll put them they i don't have any beds no they don't need beds <laughs> just they just they, they don't just even wait. sleep do they even sleep they probably sleep <laughs> they, i think they sleep but they literally just like they don't even they sleep they just up. survive in the dank corners of the universe Right, right. Just give them, just give them somewhere, you know. Just turn the lights off on the bottom deck every so often; they'll be fine. Yeah. Do we do we need like extra extra water closets for them or anything? Or no, I literally don't know. I don't even know what happens. I don't know. I just I just stay in my room. I just let them have the rest of the ship. They're fine. But they but they do smell like shit all the time. Yeah. Just like leave them on the bottom deck. Just just let let them have the bottom deck. They're good down there. So, but okay. hey, you could like cut off their arm and it'll grow back. So that's cool. Yeah, they don't need medical attention. They're totally, they're totally fine on their own. So, um, okay. So, the, I guess the, the next question is, why did he even go to, to he being wrong, go to these lengths? Like, why, why start building out like a pirate empire slash security group? What was the what was the goal? Was he looking for money? Was he, you know, fame? Like, was he just bored? Like, what's the point here? Yeah, I mean, probably a little bit of all of those things, uh, because it, it goes back to his exile. Uh, he is absolutely obsessed over getting validation back and being heralded by his clan again. So he started building this clan to gain notoriety and strength and whatnot. And and as Krogan think, you know what I mean? Like, if you're a warlord with, like, a large crant, then that means that you are higher in the social status, right? So my guess is he's trying to build that army so that he can display his strength in a very public manner. Um, and getting rich along the way isn't too bad either. So he gets extremely rich. Uh, from the blood packs uh, escapades you know that'll happen when you're robbing people uh, the overhead is like zero especially when you have a workforce that doesn't need to eat sleep or shower or do anything <laughs> right so right. they're extremely cheap and resilient and they can literally survive in the vacuum of space for a limited time <laughs> so they're like water bears with weapons and <laughs> and then they you know then he enacts his fantasy of returning to his clan and when he returns he's like welcomed with arms wide open oh, oh there we go there's <laughs> that's your scott stapp impression oh man yeah with <laughs> arms oh, wide open yeah that's if there was a band that the Vorcha listened to, it would definitely be Creed. <laughs> oh man. Okay. All right. So, um, uh, so he goes back. Yeah, and he, they let him he back actually, in. Actually, yeah, he ends up recruiting them. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. So that's their origins, right? So the origins are kind of foggy. He comes back, then he ends up recruiting them. Um, but let's talk about like contemporary mass effect what are they what are they known for by this point so at this point they're generally known for just being the most violent gritty motherfuckers and being morally <laughs> like taking the most morally 
reprehensible contracts that no other security agencies will touch, i.e. they eat the scraps that Blue Suns and Eclipse don't want anything their hands in. You know, well, I mean? most because of them are Vorcha, so it totally makes sense. It makes sense. It makes sense completely, especially because I can just imagine like a contract slide slides across Zaid's desk. He looks at it and he goes, "Too fucking messy," and then he to- tosses yeah. it, yeah. and that contract comes across the Eclipse desk, and they're like, mm, "Too too involved." <laughs> That's accident we landed on for them. I don't know why. That's just, that's just, they're, <laughs> too, they're a snooty too involved British for guy. us. I think we're going to pass on this one. Mm. Mm. All of a this, sudden, they become stewy. Ap- <laughs> <laughs> How's that novel coming along, Brian? Mm. Mm. Hmm. Um, we're going to have to pay Seth MacFarlane for that one. Oh, God. Uh, oh, no. He already has enough money. He should give us some of it totes i agree um (laughs) but but yeah uh they're basically known for taking the contracts that are so awful that no one else wants it uh Mm -hmm. and they draw interesting boundaries right because they they even though they take what everything what everyone doesn't want the untouchable ones they still have limits um but for example they won't accept some contracts because they're not messy enough you know like they want the blood and if they if they don't see the blood in the contract they're not going to get it uh mm. they're they're just mm. like no don't think so um so imagine that the blood pack wants blood and uh but here's where there's an inconsistency in the lore in the codex it specifically states that the blood pack does not accept bodyguard contracts for this reason, because it's just too mundane. It's, you know, right. nothing's going to happen normally. Right. Um, kind of boring. And yet, we see a blood pack guarding the anti-human politician, Joram Talid, on the Citadel in Mass Effect 2. That's Thane's loyalty mission, yeah. where Thane's son is, is going after this uh, corrupt Turian politician, and he's going to assassinate him, and it's up to Shepard and Thane to stop Thane's son, Krios. Uh, so hmm. the bodyguard of that politician is a member of the blood pack. So that's a little weird, right? That that we have this inconsistency in the lore now. And then on Pragya, the blood pack team was hired as private security, but they were promised some good scrap picking in exchange, which I know the Vorcha would just be thrilled about. Uh, so <laughs> they uh, so maybe that's why they broke the rule. Um, but for Talid. Why would they agree? Like, why would they agree when he went to the blood pack and said, I need a bodyguard? Right? Yeah. Like, did did Talid first go to the Blue Suns and they were like, no, fuck off. And then he goes to the Eclipse and they're like, we'd prefer not to. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes to the blood pack and they're like, <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, it's, so, uh, yeah. Um, oh, thank you for pointing that out in chat. Let's not, I, I accidentally said Krios earlier. Uh, of course, Thane's son's name is Koliat, not Krios. Um, but yeah. Uh, so why would they agree that they would just do this mundane bodyguard contract for Talid? My, so here's where I'm putting on my tinfoil hat about mm-hmm. the series. Mm-hmm. Did he promise them the opportunity to hurt people in exchange? Like, right, yeah. So, specifically yeah. humans. Right, right. That's that's my next thought is that it wasn't just a bodyguard contract. It was, there was something else that spiced it up. 
the, the, you know, it was a, this looks like a bodyguard contract, but this is what I'm actually hiring you for. Right. And maybe like he was anti-human. So maybe he was saying like, look, I know you're not allowed on the Citadel, but like, if you elect me, I'm going to look the other way. Yeah. And or th there was can, some like, other spice, like there was something else in it for them. And so they were willing to do it. Yeah. 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 Certainly a quid pro quo. Uh, yeah. Whatever that means. <laughs> oh, yeah that hasn't been in the in the uh the zeitgeist of the past four years has it yeah, yeah um and and you know speaking of a propensity for violence like the blood pack have uh you know how i mentioned they recruit vorcha by beating them uh-huh well unfortunately the empirical evidence suggests that that strategy is very effective for building a formidable army and that's according to the codex so because the Vorcha they beat into soldiers are actually stronger and tougher and smarter and faster and you name it than uh -huh. the ones that they don't because that's like how the Vorcha are. They're like right. these resilient worms, right? Yeah. Well, so, and they, and they, they adapt to the thing that they deal with, right? They, it makes them stronger. Right. Exactly. Yeah. They, they yeah. just, they just overcome these, these threats, like right. including radiation itself. Right. So they might, they might actually be the biggest badass mercenary group in Mass Effect. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Okay. So the blood pack entered the scene like lore wise, um, before Eclipse did. And it sounds like they're like a little bit more thought out, not just meant to be a counter to another faction. Right. Yeah, yeah, kind of. I mean, mostly I, they didn't exist in real life, like in our universe and our timeline but until Mass Effect 2 came out. Um, and then they don't really appear outside the Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3 uh, realms at all. Uh, they do a little bit, but we can get into where we run into them and their greater impact on the series lore wise uh, after this mid break. Awesome. Sounds good. All right, let's go. Let's go thank our patrons. Message coming in. Patching it through. I am sovereign, and this station is mine. I like the sound of that. Saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options. In stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My name is Brian Burton. It's been 26 years since the bombs fell. And since I've left the vault, I've been trying to rebuild. But this isn't the Appalachia that I remember. There's so much more to everything going on. And I promise to find the answer. 
So if you're out there, if you're listening, just hone in on these coordinates. Remember, there's a place for you at the end. Omega. The Omega Broadcast Fallout Story is available on iTunes, Spotify, and many great podcasting sources. So this is the part of the show where we get to thank our patrons for being so freaking awesome. So we have some new patrons to thank this week. Annalise J and Meiji Moose. I hope I pronounced your name correctly. Thank you for signing up on the Patreon. Welcome to the Patreon. Thank you for signing up. Make sure that you have um, connected your Discord and your patron accounts also because you both are tier four members. Make sure that you have set up your address and picked out your t-shirt size because you guys will be signed up for t-shirts that will be shipped out to you in the next few months. So thank you for signing up and well, uh, thank you to all of our patrons, including uh, Pipe Man Studios and Sovereign for being our Commander Shepherd tier tier five patrons and um, all four, 43 of our other of our total number of patrons. Thank you for being here and supporting our show. And if you have considered signing up, if you've if we've helped you out with your work days, your commutes to work, your workouts or eating too many sweets still because it's the holiday season and you probably still have leftovers from Halloween, then consider going to patreon.com slash mass effect lorecast and checking out all the different tiers. You can get ad free episodes. You can get t-shirts. You can join us on future episodes of the show to talk about Patreon to talk about Patreon. That doesn't make any sense. May mass effect. <laughs> I was looking at the Patreon page um, and all sorts of things and just go check it out. See if there's something that you would like to sign up for and different rewards that you can get. We really do appreciate it. You help keep me and Sam able to do this every week. Um, this is a side project for Sam because he he works another job. I do content creation full time. So this actually does help feed my family and keep me employed. This is part of my employment. So thank you so much for contributing to that. It is a big part of allowing me to do this. It is a dream for me to be able to be a content creator and to talk about the games that I love every week. So thank you so much. Um, also, uh, thank you for um, taking over last week, Sam, and being able to uh, talk with with our patrons. I'm sorry I couldn't I couldn't join you guys. My brain was destroying me and I much rather would have been joining you guys. Um, I'm excited to find out that my choice of all C's got me at least 20 points. So that was kind of nice. Um, I, I wouldn't have gotten many of those questions, but I'm glad that uh, some of you guys actually nailed a lot of them. Uh, it seemed like a lot of fun and some really tough questions, um, but you guys did an awesome job and um, and it was it was it was a lot of fun. It seemed like you had a great time. Yeah, that was uh, that was a lot of fun. I liked being put in the hot seat. And mm-hmm. man, we have some really really smart patrons. Like I I was really shown up. I got to brush up on my lore. Um, as you know, you know I'm sure it happened to you after you started the Fallout lore cast. Oh yeah, um, yeah. You know with with like. Uh, a, a world that is so rich in lore there's just always more to learn and so yeah i learned that last week uh when i got schooled by some of our patrons oh these uh, universes so. are so big and th- that's the thing is that the beginning of this show the beginning of the fallout show i i try to make it very clear that like i am not a lore master one of the reasons why i start these shows is as a reason to learn more myself 
And especially with this show, like you're much more the expert than I am when it comes to Mass Effect. And this has been a learning experience for me since we started the show nine months ago. I have spent more time playing the games. I've spent more time watching videos, watching other people play the games, talking to you, talking to our patrons. I've learned a lot in this last nine months more than I knew I didn't nine months ago. Um, but I'm still constantly learning more about these things. And there are many of our listeners who know boatloads more than I do about Mass Effect. Um, but it, it's it's uh, being able to be a host of a show like this gives me the opportunity to continue delving deeper and learning more every week as you and I discuss these topics. And that's part of my enjoyment of doing a show is is the exploration and the research and, and learning more about it. So um, so it, it really is fun to be able to engage and, you know, be part of the community that's actively engaging like that. And yeah, yeah. I, I totally and get that I, feeling. I, I, I like to think of it not so much as a didactic thing, but like a, we're learning in this together, Yeah, you know, uh, because yeah. I seriously, I am being taught a lot of new stuff from some of our patrons and some of our listeners that I never knew before. Very, you know, very specific details in the universe, different correlations that I never draw like drew before. Um, and this is, you know, for a series that has been out since 2007. So yeah, I can't imagine what it's like for a series like Elder Scrolls, where that's been out since 1990, <laughs> 90, 80, 90, uh, 1984, uh, 95, I think was the first yeah. one. Yeah. And, and uh, Fallout came out in 1998, 97, 98 was the first Fallout game. And yeah, they've got lots of sequels. Yeah, there's just there's always more a lot like, more source material there. Yeah, yeah. You, you've never you've never learned it all. You've never seen it all. You've never figured out every connection. There's just always more to learn. And that's what's so exciting about these these stories. Um, so but thank you, patrons, for for being there and for making these patron episodes so much fun. And uh, hopefully I can join you guys on the next one. We also have a new review to read out. This one came in uh, back in November from Drew Luke, who wrote in uh, great podcast, five stars. I've been listening to this podcast since day one. Although I've played through the whole trilogy before the podcast, I'm currently replaying the are currently playing the legendary edition. And it's great to have a bit more information about the lore that the game doesn't necessarily mention, which ends up giving it more depth, especially during your second or third playthrough. Absolutely. Hopefully soon the hosts will have shows for their individual squad mates or talk about the best side missions of the trilogy. Oh, well, we will get there. Um, I would like to end my review with a question for the hosts. Based on recent teaser image on N7 Day, there is an obvious Geth-shaped crater with a dead Geth corpse outside of it. Yeah, we talked about this, remember? Potentially Legion, maybe. Does that mean Bioware decided the synthesis ending didn't happen and suggest the destroy ending is canon. Also, it seems like the Geth will play a big part in the next game somehow. Therefore, since Legion was known for wearing Shepard's old N7 armor, is it possible that in the reveal tra trailer, Liara picks up Legion's N7 armor piece and not Shepard's? Interesting point. Maybe, that is a very great point. Yeah. Maybe they're not trying to find Shepard at all, but rather Legion for some reason, as it's possible the N7 piece is the in the reveal trailer led Liara and the team to the location in the N7 Day teaser image. Just wanted your opinion on it if you haven't covered it already. Thank you. I think that's a really, that could be a really cool red herring. It could be. And let's keep in mind that this last teaser, they released it on N7 Day. Yeah. Like, 
Like, yeah, of course they were going to release something on In 7 Day because it's In 7 Day, but but yeah, I think the Geth, regardless of how they, you know, where they take this, the Geth are definitely going to play a role mm-hmm. in the next game. I think that much is obvious. Um, never really once thought about what if the piece of armor was Legion's, uh, but that would be super awesome as well. Um, if that were the case, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sure someone will, but in Mass Effect 3, spoiler alert, uh, no matter what you do, I'm pretty sure Legion dies on Rannick. Like, Legion gives himself so that all of the, re- the rest of the Geth can be upgraded. So then that would mean that that Rannick is where they find his piece of armor, if that is Legion's armor. Mm-hmm. Um, why is Rannick snowy? Is it because their star finally ran out of fuel? Because it was dying of dark energy, if you remember that. So maybe their star finally ran out of fuel and this became like an ice world, like an ice planet. I don't know. I'm just spitballing huh. ideas here. Um, could, but, could there be a, region, a reason why Legion would have been taken somewhere else? There completely could have been a like, reason. Maybe, maybe the Geth worship him. Right, right. I'm, I'm like, what if he is now a like holy figure to them? That's completely possible. Yeah, and so I think there's a lot of different ways they could take this. Um, yeah, so it's kind of crazy. Like, uh, I don't know if it if it canonizes the destroy ending. I think very skilled writers could find a way to make all of these things still happen, even with the other endings but as we talked about in episode numero uno uh i honestly don't i i think that if they're gonna proceed in the mass effect universe post me3 it has to be with the with the destroy ending mm-hmm. now that doesn't mean it has to be with Shepard surviving right but right i think it has to be with the destroy ending right yeah, so interesting stuff. Um, you guys are always welcome to talk with us more on our Discord channel, the Robots Radio Discord. You can it's in the show notes, or you can search it; it'll come right up. Um, also, uh, two two more things before we get going. Patrons, merch is starting to go out. Please, 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 if you want to make sure that you get your stickers or shirts, if you're tier three for stickers or tier four or higher for shirts, log into your Patreon. Make sure that your address is in your account and that you've you have chosen your shirt size. Otherwise, your your shipping will get delayed and then you will be very sad because you'll be like everyone else is getting their shirts Why haven't I gotten my shirt? So please log in right now and go do that. Also um, There there have been some rumblings about a Mass Effect TV show Have you guys heard about this? I have heard about it. I have uh, Somewhat of an unpopular opinion when it comes to the fandom Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Just because in a in a game where you have dictated who the protagonist is mm-hmm. because of your actions. I don't know how that is going to go. But what if this? Um, what if it's not Shepard's story? What if it's stories from the Mass Effect universe from that's somebody a much else's better idea perspective? Right, like that would be if I was to create a Mass Effect show, it would be based in the Mass Effect universe, but from the perspective of a different main character than Shepard. Yeah. It would be a different ideally story. something with historical context you know referenced in the game like the first contact war that'd be a great series yeah yeah you could there's a lot of cool things that happen and you could do a story from some other event in in the universe and make it a really really cool thing so anyway we've got to get back to the rest of 
the episode, so let's move on. Spit it out, or are you trying to build suspense? You're so dense, sir. Obviously, I do not know as much about human relationships as I thought. All right, so let's get back to the blood pact. Um, so here's the next question, and I think that this is something that people might be wondering when it comes to Mass Effect as as a whole. Where do we tend to see the blood pact in Mass Effect? With the Blue Suns, they're ubiquitous. That's a, a wonderful word. Ubiquitous. They're, they seem to be everywhere. Eclipse, relatively absent. Blood pact? Well, you know, if we're going to classify them in one of two categories, it's probably more of the latter. You know, they're they're relatively absent. Um, the Blood Pack only show up in one other source besides Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3. And that is the Mass Effect anime movie about James Vega called Paragon Lost. And, you know, we were just talking about, like, you know, a TV show. What if they did a TV show mm -hmm. and they made it about some other event? Well, Mass Effect, Mass Effect Paragon Lost is an amazing example of what they can do here uh, with that TV show, but I digress. Um, the, the beginning of Mass Effect Paragon Lost starts in 2183, so that's the same year Mass Effect 1 happens. Um, so this is before Shepard's resurrection. Uh, but Paragon Lost opens, the entire film opens with the Blood Pack leading a raid on a human colony. And the human colony's name is Fell Prime. And Vega is a lieutenant who's defending that colony. The whole thing, you know, with the Blood Pack in, the Blood Pack's appearance entirely in Paragon Lost is basically just one sick battle scene. Like, it's very well done. Uh -huh. The action is so well made. Like, it's, it's a natural fit for anime. Um, and it's just so cool. Like, I love the effects. Everything looks great except for the Krogan. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the the Krogan look like a like shark people. It, it doesn't look good. Like right. I don't know. I mean, I didn't, maybe that's just the artist's interpretation, but I didn't really think that it did it justice. Um, but you know, there's not really a whole lot more to the Blood Pack's appearance in Paragon Lost beyond well, hey, look, this is the Blood Pack. They are merciless bad guys. <laughs> like. Right. That's kind of it. They were yeah. like, hey, we're coming to, you know, raid your colony and, and kill your, you know, like your men and then, you know, abduct your women and children. And then the Vorch are like, ah, <laughs> what's the sound? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Human. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much it for, for Paragon Lost. They, that, they're only briefly in the beginning. And then the rest of Paragon Lost is about something else entirely. I'm not going to spoil it, you know. Um, if, if you haven't seen it before, I highly recommend it. It's about an hour 30, if I can remember right. Um, maybe a little bit longer, so it's not too long. It sounds like a play on Paradise Lost. It's probably got similar <laughs> themes there. Okay. I wouldn't right. be surprised. All right. Um, but, yeah, it's on Hulu. Uh, I know it's on Hulu, and I know that you can buy it on Amazon Video. Um, so yeah, if people want to go check that out, I highly recommend it. If you don't have time for the ex other external media that I mentioned, like the books, then Paragon Lost might be up your alley. Um, but that is all about Vega's story. That's Vega's background directly before Mass Effect 3. It's not about the Blood Pack, although the Blood Pack are mentioned. They have a small role, but it's not about them. So... 
let's run through how we encounter the Blood Pack in Mass Effect 2. There's uh, Archangel's mission. Mm-hmm. Then we run into them, and of course, Archangel is Garrus. They, you know, right. the Blood Pack, Blue Suns, and Eclipse are all trying to kill Garrus. It's everybody. <laughs> all yeah. the baddies. Yeah, because he's he's space Batman. Right. And right. um and they're all converging on him. And uh so that's the first depending on the order in which you do things, that is the first uh time that we run into the blood pack. And then also on Omega, we find out that there's this plague, which ultimately we find out later was created by the collectors, but there's this plague that's going around the ward uh, and infecting everyone in the neighborhoods and killing everyone and killing the Batarians, um, and it's killing everyone except for the humans. Uh, so it looks like the humans made it. Mm-hmm. So, And it paints a bad image on them, but it's also not affecting the Vorcha because the Vorcha are the Vorcha, right? right. They're incapable right. of overcoming anything so yeah so uh it leaves the blue suns absolutely crippled it leaves the eclipse crippled uh but then that means that the blood pack are free to try and take what ground they can from the blue suns so they try to do that but they also hear about a salarian doctor who's attempting to cure the plague and they don't like that (laughs) (laughs) they're like you're trying to help, you know, people that we're trying to kill. Wait a minute. This made this plague made make things easy for us. <laughs> yeah. The the generic Vorja response to pretty much everything is Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, they try to kill Morton and overrun his clinic. That's the second time. Uh, debatable order of things you do them, but then we also run into them on Pragya and once on the Citadel. So, like mm-hmm. I mentioned, Citadel with Joram Talid and Pragya, where they were promised, like, basically a good scavenging opportunity. Uh, but on Jack's loyalty mission, Shepard and Jack go there to blow up the former Cerberus facility, right. and you run into some blood pack troops there. Mm-hmm. Um, part of the reason may be because affiliated members are banned from council space that we don't run into them more often. But the ma- the vast majority of Mass Effect 2 does happen in the Terminus systems and the Skillian Verge outside of Council space. So I'm not sure, but one of the reasons that we don't run into them on the Citadel is because they're banned, uh, with that small exception of the Bodyguard. Um, and then the other large place that we run into them is Tuchanka. Um, not surprisingly, right? Because the Blood Pack are also Krogan, and Vorcha can survive anywhere. Yeah. Uh, so... The Blood Pack was intimately involved with Clan Warlock, and Warlock was attempting to cure the Genophage, but to it was used as a power tool, like just as like a method for instilling themselves as permanent leaders over the entire Krogan race, um, where they would basically weaponize the Genophage, uh, and the Blood Pack were like all about that. <laughs> so, so <laughs> the Blood Pack and Warlock are like two, you know, like. Two Perfect together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we run into them on Tuchanka. Not going to really spoil anything about Malin uh, or Morden's loyalty mission, but that is where we run into them. That's kind of the largest lore appearance that they have in Mass Effect 2. Or, like, ever. 
Uh, because after that, the only other two places we've run into them in Mass Effect 2 are a couple of side planets. The first one is named Tarith, and that that's one planet where people might remember running into these uh, Vorcha, this blood pack mining operation, where there are these Vorcha miners who got lost in this gas, and they were getting eaten by the Klixen, which are like these big flying like creatures, <laughs> which turn into the harvesters. Once mm-hmm. they're indoctrinated. So that's one of the side planets. Then the other one is Zeta Bond, which is just, there's a weapons manufacturing facility for the blood pack there. Uh, and then Shepard goes there and Shepard blows it up. <laughs> so <laughs> Shepard just shuts it down. Easy peasy. Uh, and that's, that's the side mission there. So, and then in Mass Effect 3, it's not really like they have a ton going on. You know, they, they only exist for the deal that the commander can strike to get them under Arya's control, and then the Blood Pack just become a war asset. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. That's so, it for Mass Effect 3. Yeah, so they're, I mean, they're really not overall that important. You know, I guess not, not lore-wise. I think any stand-in brutal bad guy group could suffice for them, but when it comes to the Genophage Cure, there's an argument to be made that they had an impact an impact that was ultimately still thwarted by Commander Shepard, but an impact nonetheless. Um, there's also one more thing that's not in the games, and only players who downloaded a companion app will know about this. So this is really cool. And um, you may not have even heard about this before. Have you ever heard about Cerberus Daily News? No, no, I didn't have the com- companion app. So this was an app that basically gave people push notifications in the form of like news reports uh, mm-hmm. about Mass Effect. And I'm pretty sure it came out circa around the same time that Mass Effect 2 was released. And so there's a bunch of these storylines that are exclusive to this. And it is canon. All the lore in that is canon. Um, but people don't know about it if you didn't download the app. Yeah. And rarely These kinds of things were, were really popular around that time too. Like... Oh, yeah. Like about 10 years ago, this like, oh, the game's coming out and there's going to be a comic book with it and a companion app and like all the extra periphery stuff. This was like the big thing back then. Yeah, it was. Um, And I remember there being a number of, you know, periphery apps for Halo and other Mass Effect. And, you know, there was one for Andromeda, too, I think. Uh, But, you know, so according to Cerberus Daily News. A blood pack commander was working on Vorcha life expectancy research, trying to extend the Vorcha life expectancy. But there's some conjecture whether or not it was just a recruitment ploy. You know, because Vorcha would hear like, oh, he's trying to make our lives longer. Right. We, well, we, we want more garbage to seep through, so <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's also some conjecture about whether or not it goes against Citadel genetics research regulations, even mm. if it is true, mm. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, all of this is very interesting, but, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, they're kind of the, you know, just throw them at, throw them at the good guys, disposable bad guys, right? They don't really make a, a huge difference in the lore. They could have been, it, I mean, if it wasn't them, it could have just been somebody else, right? No, they don't make a huge difference in the lore. But I will tell you from a play style, um, 
fighting those pyros is such a pain in the ass. Like, do you <laughs> yeah. remember? Yeah. Oh my God. They just rush you and flank you and then they just light you on fire and then you can't see anything. And then Shepard's like, ah, oh, I'm on fire. And, <laughs> oh, and it's I'm awful. on fire. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's fair. And I think their most important moments are probably yet to come. You know, the blood pack are definitely still around no matter what ending you pick in Mass Effect 3. So, Ultimately, you know, I'd rank them of higher lore importance than Eclipse, but they're still way below the Blue Suns. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, this has been a fun episode, and, um, man, we're getting close to, like, holidays, and things are going to be a little bit mixed up, maybe towards the end of the month, so we're debating... Uh, the last Sunday of the month is the 26th, so we'll be we'll be chatting on the Discord about how we're going to plan out the, the patron episodes, so be looking for that. Um, what are we talking about next week, Sam? Well, we'll, well we're going to change pace a little bit. You know, we've been talking about the Lawless Factions for a few weeks now, but next week, why don't we dive into the law? CSEC. So, <laughs> we'll talk about the cops, not the robbers anymore. No more robbers. It's time for the cops. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And we will see you guys next week. Sam, do you have anything cool to share before we head out? Uh, well, of course, I'm streaming and I found a way, courtesy of my girlfriend, I'm using her webcam. And that webcam actually works with my Xbox. So I am <sighs> finishing my Mass Effect 3 playthrough on camera. Whoa. Uh, so I'm I'm really looking forward to that. I just had a long stream the other day. Had a real blast. A lot of the patrons and listeners stopped through, and uh, yeah, I'm I finished the Omega DLC. On to the rest of Mass Effect Three. I can't imagine that there's more than like ten hours of playing left to go. Um, but now that I've verbalized that, it's probably more. Um, <laughs> or you log in and you're like, oh, two hours. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's one or the yeah. other. Right. I I honestly forget like how much of the side missions I still have yet to do. Uh, but it is going to be a completionist playthrough. I'm going to be doing that. Um, the stream quality, probably not going to be as great as PC, but that's okay. And then the other thing that we've got going on is uh, that I just made a Mass Effect Happy Hour Discord server. So, whole point of that one is so that we can still have our Mass Effect trivia get-togethers, but we don't need to take up the time of the patron episodes to do that because I do know that there was a, a decent amount of patrons who had really cool ideas that they wanted to talk about uh, one of them being you know the Mass Effect movie you know who would you cast as who and and other really great ideas uh, that people want to discuss especially controversial topics um, so yeah I wanted to make room for both of those things so if you liked the Mass Effect trivia thing uh, and you'd like to get in on some more of that, um, get on Discord, find the Robots Radio Discord, or you can just find me on Twitch or Twitter at N7TheLegend. There you go. So, yeah, go follow go follow N7TheLegend and check out his streams. And then uh, anything else you want to share? Is that it? That's pretty much all I got going on for now. Um, you know, the holidays are coming up. And uh, I got a week off of work coming nice. up, so planning on streaming a lot during that. So not really going anywhere, uh, not with COVID and whatnot. So. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, man. Well, you guys know where my stuff is. So robustradio.net for all the shows on the network, all the all the Robust Radio shows, all of our Rocket Club shows. We've got 
bunch of awesome shows for you to check out. The website is getting a facelift. It's, we're going to be revising it. It's going to load faster. It's going to look nicer. I'm going to up, be updating a bunch of stuff. Hopefully that'll get done by the end of the year. Um, also, if you're interested in starting your own show, you can check out the Robots Radio Rocket Club, or you can check out my book, uh, Video Game Podcasting, which is now available at robotsradio.net slash book. Um, I'm also streaming every day or as often as I can. I didn't do it today because I've been working on stuff and getting my new system set up. But as often as I can on the Robots Radio YouTube page and putting out videos there. So if you'd like to check out all the stuff I'm doing, playing games and making videos and other content, you can go do that. And man, there's so many fun things to do. So just just join the Discord and just plug in. There's all sorts of fun stuff. But we'll be back next week and we look forward to seeing you there or seeing you live during the shows or just, you know, being part of the community. You guys are awesome and we love seeing you around and chatting with you. And uh, until next time, stay safe out there. If you see any uh, of the blood pack, then uh, uh, steer clear because they they're going to make, you know, sounds and they're really stinky. So, you know. Just don't mess with them. But uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for being here, everybody. Later. Thanks for tuning in to the Mass Effect Lorecast. We'd love to hear your opinion and thoughts on the lore of Mass Effect. Reach out to us on Twitter at Mass Effect Cast or check out the Robots Radio Discord. Also, you can send us an email at Mass Effect Lorecast at gmail.com. Looking for an RPG podcast that isn't just D&D? Roll to cast is the answer. No, no, wait, sorry. What games have we played so far? Well, we've done Cyberpunk 2020. What does it mean to have a voice? And there's going to be something big coming, Chumba. Hey, if you're listening, I won. I beat you. You suck. There was a time when we were slamming things against our phones. And <laughs> Vampire the Masquerade. Chloe, Sam. You can't use those words. He's going to grab Vincent, press him against the wall. I mesmerize him. This is Adelaide's Anarch movement. First out of your chair, your hand goes to your gun and you draw. Hulk Cthulhu. Told you I had it. Oh, we've all got the creeps going. I love it so much. Right there. Screechy child. <laughs> My favorite daughter. Maybe after what we just seen, we're feeling a bit trigger happy. And the new Cyberpunk Red. Babe, you're good, but better. Thought maybe you might be able to give me a counter-off. Straight through his neck. I don't see bone either, but I'm not gonna look. My leg's fine. I always knew you wanted to fly, kid. Come find me. Roll to cast. R-O-L-E. A new game every season. Original music. Original stories. Interviews with the creators. And delightful Aussie accents. Listen to us on all good podcatchers. Even support us on Patreon for bonus content. That's Roll to Cast. R-O-L-E. Come discover a new world. Following is a public service announcement from the Starter Set Dungeons & Dragons podcast. This is your D&D campaign. This is the Starter Set podcast. You know how like poison frogs don't lick each other's backs? So it's Howl's Moving Castle mm -hmm. with a face. Mm. Hey there, I'm Great Mandibles. Because <laughs> one of the party speaks abyssal. You're all going to die. <laughs> and then adventure falls into your lap. Plop. This is your D&D campaign after listening to the Starter Set Podcast. So join Sam and Ed every Friday on the Starter Set Podcast for prime Dungeons & Dragons content. Any questions? 
saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.